And welcome back to another episode of Gizzy Changes. It's me, your boy Eli. It's me, Joe. And uh, since the Black Panther just recently ended, oh, or it like, just came really out, just came out, yeah. And that is the end of Phase Four. We're gonna be talking about some of the ups and downs of Phase Four, um, our general thoughts on it, and you know, sort of the what people what people's general thoughts on it, right? And I know some people are like, well, what about um, you know, uh, the holiday special? Well, I mean, the holiday special is the holiday special. Yeah, um, let me, uh, I guess looking at the broad strokes of, uh, mm. the MCU, like, of the important stuff has happened that has happened so far in the phase, it's, uh, I think the holiday special isn't gonna be up there, mm-hmm. unless freaking James Gunn pulls a freaking Shyamalan level twist and it turns out, uh, he secretly reveals Nova somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't know. Just... The character he does, he has said he has not cared for. Yep. So I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, wouldn't it be James a very James Gunn to do thing to do to just have him in the holiday special and just you know be like that's it. That's it. So <laughs> not in not in Guardians three. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, so we're gonna start off with our with sort of the general you know. So the, the first one for Phase Four was Spider Man No Way Home. Am I correct? No, wouldn't it be actually? I'm gonna let's look up real quick because I I wanted to bait it would be uh, Black Widow, right? I don't think it is. Uh, but I can double check for you. Or are you referring to uh, uh, Far From Home? No, Far From Home was um, Phase Three. Phase Three. Like the, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was the end that, of Phase Three. Yeah, it was the end of Phase Three. No, but I'm pretty sure Black Widow. It was technically the start. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I think it was a lot. The thing about it, right, is that because of a certain things that happened, it kind of messed around with the... Uh... the the initial release date. Yes, I think you are right, though. Um, I think it might have been Black Widow first, because I do remember that being one of the one movies that everyone's like, oh, you know, I want to go and see that movie, kind of stuff. Oh, well, but, like, you know, it got hit at Disney+. Plus, So I can just... Do a quick search. So yeah, Black Widow was the first of the films. You want to go films first, then TV shows, or you want to oh, just try to sprinkle in between? Um, sprinkle in between. Okay. Uh, but yeah, um, I guess the first thing we can talk about is uh, just our general thoughts on those. So obviously we have Black Widow, which was kind of meh. And like I said, it was. I think when we were reviewing it, we were thought we thought we said it was okay. Yeah, I think when we uh, reviewed it, which, I mean, you can look, go uh, look that video up if you want like our full thoughts on Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the overall impression was that it was a solid movie. Um, yeah, just just alright. It, just felt, like, it, felt, it, it felt, felt like it should have been like beforehand. Yeah, it definitely feels like one of those movies that probably should have come out a while ago, because obviously, knowing what happens to Black Widow in, 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 in Endgame, mm-hmm. Jesus, um... And having this movie see set before, like in between Civil War and uh, Infinity War, mm. you know, it's sort of like, yeah, there's some neat stuff here uh, with Red Guardian, how they used Taskmaster, um, and the setup for uh, Yelena mm-hmm. potentially being the next Black Widow and stuff. So you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of neat stuff in there, but overall, it's a very, mm. it's a very, I think it's sort of, a, kind of. A, like an early preview of what I think most people feel about Phase Four, at least most general people feel about Phase Four, where it's like, mm. yeah, there's some good bits, but overall, kind of uh, lukewarm, you know? Yeah, um, I'm trying to see what else was on there because I know th- I think the shows came out first before anything else. Actually, I I think you're right because I think WandaVision. WandaVision was one of the first stuff that I was. We'll start off with we'll start off with the movies and go to the shows. Mm-hmm. Makes it a lot simpler for everybody. Uh, after that was Shang Chi, which was. One of their better movies. It's pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Again, we reviewed that. You can go uh, on. Yeah, the if you want, and... basically, if you want to go in depth thoughts on most of the Phase Four stuff, we they're all they're all their separate you know episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're out there. Yeah, I remember Shang Chi being like really good. Um, you know, had that nice mix of uh, martial arts and superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, My only issue was the third act, really. Yeah, I yeah, I think I remember sort of the third act just kind of just turning into like typical giant like CG battle mm-hmm. 
phases and all that stuff. But I mean, at the same time, I really just sort of liked uh, Shang Chi's character and how that all goes through. Mm. Uh, I think I remember being like surprised Aquafina wasn't that annoying, mm. you know. <laughs> Which you know, I mean, I know some people like her comedy. I'm pretty indifferent, but you know, they, she played very well. And then we get Eternals, which is the more, um, like, mixed... It's generally received not as the best, um, but I think it's, like, it has its fans, you know. Because for me, I I enjoyed the movie, but I also kind of understand why people don't like it. Yeah, Eternals was definitely um, one of the more, like, out-there movies. Like, it felt like, because of uh, Chloe Chloe Zhao and, you know, that sort of prestige of, like, Mm -hmm. you know, being an Oscar winner and stuff... It felt like this was, like, maybe Marvel's attempt at being, like, let's try being weird and, like, not, like, uh, typical and stuff. And mm-hmm. then it's sort of like, well, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what like, was that? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I, I like the Eternals more enough, but I, I also feel like I liked, there were, I, I, there were certain parts where I'm like, yeah, this could have been a bit better. This could have been cut down, this could have been expanded on. Yeah, because, I mean, the initial, the inherent idea of the Internals is, uh, you know, a group of space aliens show up, or helping along humanity, you know, that ancient alien, is, you know, nonsense that mm-hmm. shows up on the History Channel, it's this, but with superheroes instead of, like, weird alien experiments and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, overall, you know, there's, like, I think, I think it was, like, probably one of the more visually interesting movies, because there are some very... yeah cool visual shots uh how they handled the the celestials and all that stuff uh and i mean it's technically sort of uh we get that last sort of teaser of uh uh dwayne whitman black knight also and uh, blade as well yeah so yeah and then there's uh i think the last one was no way home which is a movie that we both really enjoyed Mm -hmm. even if like even if the people are like you know there's like too much yeah too much uh nostalgia baiting fan service issues in the writing it still comes off to a very satisfying film. Yeah, I feel like for most people, I think most people would agree that uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is the highlight mm. of the... Well, that and potentially a Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the... the you know, it's sort of the highlight of Phase 4 because mm-hmm. it... I think out of all the movies, really takes the uh, inherent uh, idea of the multiverse... Because, you know, this is now going to be the multiverse saga. Yeah. For phases four, five, and six. Like, it's the one that, like, takes that that, that uh, multiverse concept mm. and just runs with it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's great seeing uh, Toby and Andrew back in their suits. You know, just sort mm. of the interactions everybody has. Mm. Just Tom Holland, Spider-Man, just coming, <laughs> uh, sort of having his sort of, like, complete journey. And now, uh, you know, mm. just having, like... Just all the sort of storylines coalescing and, like, the way it ends and all that stuff. Like, obviously, like, there's probably going to be more Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, that, like they got Tom Holland locked down for a while, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see where uh, Spidey goes in the MCU. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, after And after that, after, it would be uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, which, I, while I did enjoy, I feel that's one of the more... I think that's when the cracks start showing. Yeah, I think when you, when you say cracks, you mean sort of like people's uh, fatigue and like you know the quality of the movies starting to sit in. Yeah, because yeah, I, I I think once that movie came out, there was a lot of uh, discourse. I think coming out of just you know just you know more how the MCU is right now, and I think. That, and I also think the shows at the time were also contributing to that sort of discussion of, like, mm-hmm. is there too much And we'll, we'll get to the shows, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, Multiverse of Madness, I, I, I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed you. it as well. I I do think it, you know, we, and this is me saying, I think we sometimes we are, you know, contributing to the idea that we kind of, like, just like the movies no matter what, but... There's, we also like went into it like you know thinking back it wasn't that great or some sometimes we'll be like even on the spot we'll be like yeah I don't know if this, I don't know if this is a good idea but it's one of those things where like I can take it as a solo thing and be fine with it mm-hmm. um, most because I feel like the develop the development of that film has been crazy enough I don't think people tend to 
like know that or tend to forget that that was a thing because they they would change directors mm-hmm. looking for one. They kind of settled on Sam Raimi towards the end, and they also had to make a new you know write the movie a couple more times. Yeah, which tends to happen a lot. And we've talked about this before about the making of film. Like it's not you know it's not as easy as it sounds. There's a lot more, especially with a high budget film. Mm-hmm. We can like you know, go in and, like, explain how, you know, it's not as simple as that. I think I told you this one time, this one story about a friend of mine who he just now, he just found out how films are tend to be shot. How, he for, for some people, they think, like, oh, you know, you shoot it as it goes, but no, you, you know, you shoot this one scene this day, and then you guys shoot this another scene this another day, and it's all tend to be out of order, and you sometimes an actor would have to, have notes to make sure they know what's going on in this scene yeah you have production assistants and all that stuff having mm-hmm. to like make sure literally like they will have to uh look at what like the props and stuff make sure the you know hey what props are in this shot make sure everything looks exactly the way it is so that mm-hmm. way when we come back tomorrow we don't you know we're not losing our minds and there isn't like inconsistencies in the shot mm-hmm. yeah so like you know movie making is a tenuous process mm-hmm. um they're gonna slip it does slip i mean uh i think one of the more famous examples uh in recent memory was uh in game of thrones uh mm. in one of the last episodes uh, oh there was yeah. the uh, starbucks coffee cup and the water bottle yeah like in the background like you know normally you know your production assistants or whoever your prop guys or hell even the cameraman's gonna be like has to pay attention to that stuff because yeah if that stuff's in there and if people see that they're just gonna be like Somebody left that in there. <laughs> or uh, the the boom mic. Oh yeah, classic boom mics that just sort of show up out of nowhere in the shot. Mm. Just sort of like this big black thing coming out of nowhere. Just like sometimes you'll see the strings. The strings. I mean, those are a bit hard to you know get right. Make sure they like aren't don't appear in camera shots. But mm. yeah, um, yeah, you know, it, filmmaking is just it's a very interesting uh, experience. That people don't really know much about, but it is and funny. It's that, never just one take. Yeah, it's never just one take because obviously the director themselves have like, uh, you know, like preferences and stuff of like, may, no, maybe go this route or you know, hey, uh, try this scene again, but like be more like angry about it or something like that, you know. So, uh, um, <clears throat> is so this is probably the last one before we go back to you know Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness? But like the my favorite one was uh, the Lord of the Rings. Where uh, it's the second movie, uh, The Twin Towers, where they had Viggo Morgensen kick a, like a helmet a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And the one shot that they got for the film was where, like, you know, he's like, it's the one, and he did, that's, they, it was that shot, and then they could do a couple more. But that specific one, the reason he was able to scream so well is because he actually broke his toe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's a, it's a very funny sort of a experience. When you think about it, right? And I'm pretty sure he like he caught some other ones. That are like, ah, oh, this will be good. This will be good. Oh, that one's really good. Yeah, that's the one I broke my toe in. It's like, oh, why? oh, Vigo, why didn't you tell me? I mean, gotta, we, gotta, I'm committed to the role. You know, it's like we gotta keep going, right? Yeah. So it's one of those things where I feel like that movie um, had a lot of mess go into it. So I'm not saying I forgive it, but it's more like I have to like you have to like you know take that into account. It's. It's not that just, like, people just don't care or, like, they're just trying to move fast. Um, but it's also just the fact that, hey, you know, stuff like that happens. You kind of have to, like, take the shot and, you know, take, take the blows as they give you. Yeah, I mean, there was a ton of, like, um, like rumors about certain cameos. Uh, and who the villain was. You know, just, just a ton of, like various rumors that i feel like were probably true at one point but through various rewrites and stuff in cut scenes and stuff they have and sometimes people are rewriting stuff like in the middle of shooting that can happen yeah so it's like it's to understand you know something like that you kind of have to understand filmmaking as a as a whole it's never just let the director do what he wants like no sometimes the director does something that you're like I don't know about that, or they have to go back and change it. It's 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 not a simple process as one makes it out to be. Right. Um, 
Uh, but like I said, uh, Doctor Strange, I feel like is one of those examples, and I, per, I mean, though I enjoyed some of it, I do feel like it's still kind of meh. Well, you know, it's good, but like not great as I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And obviously, after that is um, Thor: Love and Thunder, which I mean, I enjoyed it. I know you enjoyed it. Yeah, I like it, but I like most uh, works from Taika Waititi. But I also understand it, it, that there are a lot of people that did not like it. Mm-hmm. You know, that they have their own issues with it, which I, I understand completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's you know, it's our first like fourth movie on one of our established characters, mm-hmm. which is you know funny enough. I think Chris Hemsworth has always been. Uh, adamant that he would like to uh as long as taika's making thor movies he would like to be a part of them because i think he has a lot of fun with them mm-hmm. and you know like yeah no, that's pretty evident on this one yeah it does seem like the cast was having a lot of fun with it and while you know that probably produces stuff that i particularly enjoy and then probably some people are like well this is just well I, quite frankly i don't care for this <laughs> you know <laughs> no yeah no i totally get that i mean for me um i can see those issues um, but I've also like tend to notice stuff that I like about it. Uh, I mean, I've always been one that's like never adherent to negativity. Mm-hmm. Like I don't tend to focus on negativity unless it's like valid criticism or even if it's valid criticism, if you come at with like a turn, a sense of like anger or like just, you're just shitting on it and you're just like, I guess for me it's like, if it's a bad movie, I'd say it's a bad movie and move on with my life. Mm-hmm. Right. I can talk about how crap it is and then move on with my life. I don't have to go back and, like, talk about it. I don't like to dwell into negativity for too long. Right. Like, I, whenever I talk to people about Morbius, because I, you know, watched it secondhandly, I usually tell them, like, yeah, that movie sucked. Um, and I always talk about that one scene, because to me, that one scene, in my, like, is the reason why I think that movie sucks mm-hmm. in terms of writing. It's when, like, Morbius saves his little, his friend. And he's a little kid. He's like going for help. He's in the bed, you know, and like he just figures out how to fix the, the little machine that's attached to his friend. I'm like, wait, no, you're a kid. You wouldn't know how to do that. I don't care if you have genius level intellect. You wouldn't, you know, figure mm-hmm. out how to do that that well or that fast. Right. And it's like really break immersion kind of thing. But that's about most of my criticism comes like most of my notable criticisms at the end. Because there's something like, ah, this movie's just really bad. I just don't really care for it. And I'm just going to write it off, whatever. So I'm not going to give it my full attention. Um, that's always been my philosophy on when it comes to like bad like bad films. But if it's a movie I like, I'm just like, yeah, I just like it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just like it. It doesn't really matter whether I... You know, here's my reason for liking it, and that's it. If you dislike it, that's fine. Just don't be an asshole about it. That's yeah. That's my thing. I don't know. I don't know where you stand on that. No, I definitely understand, you know, like, it, there's enough people online that already sort of, uh, take with most of that, uh, the negative, like, you know, they play into being super hypercritical and negative and that stuff, mm-hmm. which, you know, more power to them, um, because that stuff gen- definitely generates a lot of clicks, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why the Everything Wrong With series is, like, so freaking popular, even to this day, because, you know, for, for, you know, for a lot of people, it is more fun to just dunk on things they perceive that sucks rather than um, just making stuff about, like, yeah, this is good, you know, and mm. here's why it's good kind of thing, you know? Um, but, yeah, you know, that's sort of a – I mean, as much as, as much as I like Love and Thunder, I, I can also admit there are probably some flaws in it here and there. But I still sort of – Yeah, we're not saying it's a goddamn perfect movie. We just say we liked it. Yeah, have fun with it. I think that's sort of a... I don't know. It is kind of weird that some people feel like... I don't know. It, it's just kind of weird where it's like, okay, like, you know, yes, the movie has problems, but I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, no, it has to be good or it, or it's bad or whatever. And it's like, do we do we dunk on people for liking the Transformers movies, even though we all know why people like watching the Transformers movies? <laughs> yeah, no. It's it's one of those things where I'm like, I mean, if it's bad, it's bad. If it's good, it's good. If you enjoy it, that's what that's what matters. You know, that, again, that's my philosophy on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do not like to dwell in too much on negativity. That's why you'll never see me do a rant on here. I can, I mean, and I can go rant. I can, but I just choose not to. 
Yeah, because at the end of the day, there's just... There's... Uh, you know, like... Why waste your time just ranting on something that's bad and then j instead of just being like, okay, it's bad, here's why, and then let's just move on, you know? Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, after uh, Love and Thunder, we had the most recent one, a uh, couple out, like, what, a week ago? Wakanda Forever. Wakanda <laughs> Forever. Uh, and I think that one is, like, I think that, like, solidifies, like, no, Marvel still has this. They can still produce something of high quality. And... You know, it's going to take some time, you know, sometimes it's finding the right footing and sometimes it's like nailing it on, you know, on the board. Mm -hmm. And because like Wakanda Forever, like, it's also I think one of the movies that got pushed back a lot more times, did it? It did. And obviously a part of it is just due to, uh, you know, current events that were happening at the time, mm -hmm. as well as, uh, you know, the death of Chadwick Boseman, which I'm pretty sure definitely caused a bit of like, okay, how the hell do we move on from this? Uh, just a ton of, like, having to, like, make some changes and decisions of just, like, all right, how do we want to make a Black Panther sequel without, you know, our Black Panther? Mm -hmm. And they sort of worked through all that. Uh, and I think they delivered on a very good, solid movie that sort of is the end cap to the, uh, at least on the film side of the MCU. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's a... Very interesting thing to do. Yeah, uh, um, and obviously here. the shows, we have WandaVision, which was, like, one of the more standout ones. It's uh, a, It was a good, like, um, I think it was, like, sort of like, okay, this is a interesting territory we're going with with the uh, Marvel shows. Because I think for the most part, it was, like, focusing on, at the start, it was focusing on characters that we knew from the movies, but now they're giving their own spotlight mm -hmm. in, like, these uh, TV shows. Yeah, and it's also, it's the one that felt the most different. It had, like, it was kind of, like, like you know, acknowledging, like, a lot of these, like, old-school TV shows. And, like, also breaking down Wanda's trauma. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think that's one of the best things about that show. And one of the ones I think a lot of people tend to go back for. It's It was a real standout hit. It really solidifies uh, Wanda's uh, character. And I think it's part of, like, the reason why... Like, before, she was always she was always kind of like, a, yeah, she's kind of cool. But I think after the show, it's like, oh, yeah, no, we like Wanda. Mm -hmm. She needs, she needs, I think I remember people being like, all right, she just, like, sure, she got a show, but she really needs a movie. Come on, guys. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that's also one of the reasons why a lot of people looked at Doctor Strange as sort of uh, in a bad way because of the characterization they established in, in WandaVision to, you know, uh, Doctor Strange. And, like, for, for me, I, I was always more like, well, she's not inherently all good, though. She's done some, like, pretty questionable stuff. And it's also one of the things where, like, uh, for the shows, I feel also, I don't know if you if you also agree with it, that the end, the last episodes tend to really kind of suck. Yeah, that does seem to happen a little bit with some of the uh, Disney Plus shows, that the last episodes sort of kind of try their best to wrap up all the stuff mm -hmm. a little too nicely, you know? Yeah, and so, like, I think that's one of the ones where, like, it really paid off because, like, it started off pretty well. The the twist and the the fun of it was there, but the ending of it was really like kind of questionable. I'm still, I me and my coworkers still make fun of the scene where, like, thank you, Wanda. They'll never understand what you gave up. It's like, what did she give up? Her fake kids. <laughs> Is that what she gave up? She like put like these people in like prison. Like, I, I'm always go back to that lady who was like. Please just let me hold my daughter again. It's like, oh, Wanda, you're kind of a villain right now. Yeah, Wanda, you you you've trapped these uh all these innocent people into this weird like mind palace construction. This just for your, just to live out your sick fantasies. It's it's like it's a, kind of like a fifty fifty, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like damn, you feel bad for her, and this explains why she's doing the things she does. But there's never really a, a certain amount of consequence, and and like when you go to like the movie, it's not really explained how we get there really well and it's probably because like like sam raimi just didn't watch the show and just kind of want to do his own thing which works let's just say one as a horror as a horror monster as a horror person it's pretty cool yeah but yeah no, it, it's that's when again like when crack started the show and after after wandavision you know we have um falcon and the winter soldier which while i did enjoy i think is just like one of the more eh shows Mm. Cause a lot of the good things that I really like was sprinkled throughout. 
and not as the whole show in general. Like I've talked this before, the whole every time Isaiah Bradley's on it, I'm like, oh my god, this is this is what I wanted, and, and for a Falcon and Winter Soldier show, and you know, Falcon Winter Soldiers, you know, trauma, great, but it's it, it's muddled by a lot of other stuff around it. Right. I even thought U.S. soldiers, uh, U.S. agents, um, characters, you know, story worked well, especially what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. and like. You know, there's, but like, again, there's some muddiness around it that makes it really kind of like hard for it to be a really good show. I don't know about you. No, I, I, I like the show well enough. I, I do agree that probably out of all the, um, Disney Plus shows, it, it is the one that's probably the most, eh, like, I remember, I think I remember it. I think saying to myself, like, this is, like, I guess what you expect kind mm-hmm. of thing when you're thinking about a Marvel TV show. Like, it wasn't... It, it was, like, the one that's playing safe. Because I think I remember when Phase 4 started, I believe, uh, at the time... Because I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to come out first mm-hmm. before uh, WandaVision uh, initially. So I always remember saying to myself, like, these, like the, the movie and then this show feel like... Uh, like Marvel, you know, like they're like this is Marvel trying to play safe before mm-hmm. getting you to the weird stuff like Loki and WandaVision and later on, you know, all the other movies and stuff that are sort of out more out of the box. Yeah, it it is. It does feel like the most safest one, like the one that really like may like we're just following the 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 the, the, the formula mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And it had had that been had that been the first one, be like. You know, I guess people would be like, eh, it's okay. Then, like, WandaVision comes in and just be like, that was amazing. Yeah. So, you know, reversed. It's like, oh, WandaVision, this is pretty cool. And then, you know, we get to, like, the normal, very normal mm-hmm. uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But, you know, besides that, I, I liked it enough. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, I think it was, I liked it. I think it was fine. And obviously after, you know, that would be Loki, which is another, I think, another hit. I mean, it's getting a season two. Out of all the Disney Plus shows so far, it's the one getting a season two. Which makes the most sense. Yeah. Because WandaVision was, you know, cut and end. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier's getting a movie. And this one, yeah, totally. I can totally see a second season of this. And that's the one where it really tries, tries to trip your mind into, like, what, you know, multiverses is. What is the timeline. Slash, you know, if you think time travel is overpowered. Mm, no, not, not exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, it's kind of, like, gives you context of, like, how, you know, infin- the, I was say the Infinity Stones because that was a, plop, a small little problem, but just, like, how things work, and it's just, like, another interesting character study of a, a Loki, not our Loki, the one that was seen in the movies, but a different Loki, and just to establish, like, you know, Loki in general isn't, ter- isn't technically a bad person, he's just... You know, it's just the, the the way the dice rolled for him. Yeah, more or less. Like it is sort of just because uh, I mean, obviously, you know, um, we mm. it's a, it is not like the Loki we've seen for most of the MCU. But he, it is interesting that we do get to see him like go through like a similar heroes, well, not heroes journey, but just a similar character perspective. Especially since he gets to learn what happens to you know the regular Loki. Mm-hmm. He's sort of like. What the fuck? <laughs> what 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 happened in my life that led, led to these events? What the hell? Um, but yeah, you know, it is uh, definitely the more interesting show mm-hmm. out of all uh, out of most of the uh, Disney Plus shows. It also has the one that has the most impact because obviously uh, by the end of the show, the timelines start to uh, reemerge again and sets up uh, Kang as the big, next big threat in the MCU who we'll be finally getting to see in movie uh, with the upcoming uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium or Quantumania Quantumania yeah so uh, yeah that is going to be an interesting thing to see and you know I am interested in just where the next season will pick up you know no yeah I'm, I'm, I'm interested too I think it's one of the ones that like really like leaves you wanting more and it's one that's probably like the most interesting. Like it looks the mo- one of the more different ones, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, that's gonna we'll wait and see. What if 
I liked it until the last episode. <laughs> yeah, what if... Um, I wouldn't say I uh, disliked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it took the concept of the, of the what-if comics and realized them pretty well. It is sort of uh, interesting that they did decide to sort of just you know bring all those storylines together and wrap it up. I believe it is getting a season, second season. It is. Uh, they're getting like a specific Marvel zombie episode again, I, I think. Or yeah. Because I know they're getting a Marvel zombie show. Yeah, so like... Yeah, it is going to be... I mean, it's just a nice little side detour. Like, obviously not a whole lot of uh, what happens in What If gets... Um, like, show... Like, ties into the regular MCU besides maybe, like, bits of, like, oh, yeah, uh, since we've uh, have, you know, did the whole... Uh, Car- uh, Peggy Carter as a, as a super soldier storyline bit for What If, why don't we just add that cameo into Doctor Strange, you mm. know? All that sort of stuff, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, what if I? Yeah, it's a fine like show. It's the first uh, foray for Marvel uh, for the MCU in animation, and it works well enough. Uh, I do agree that the last episode is sort of kind of just like not really that necessary in terms of like, yeah, I get you want to like wrap all the stories together to give it like some sort of like cohesion, but I feel like that's not what what if. Yeah, I would say like that's not usually what what if is about. It's just having these uh, scenarios play out and just sort of going to the logical conclusion of them. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, uh, so after that was Hawkeye. Which I think was okay. Yeah, I mean, from the mo- from what I've heard. I tend to forget about it most of the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it really just more or less helps set up more of, like, the next generation, like, uh, mm-hmm. for a bit, like, uh, Kate Bishop as sort of, like, gonna be the next Hawkeye. Not to say that, uh, <laughs> Clinton's gonna go away yeah he's probably still gonna be there but mm-hmm. also is the first show to bring back certain elements from the Netflix shows mm-hmm. you know so yeah it brings back uh, King Panadol but also brings back um, Yelena from the Black Widow movie mm-hmm. and like it's 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 one of those like it's a setup gap too mm-hmm. like we're just, uh, all setting up for this character to join this group or whatever um, but I think it's Again, it's one of those moments where I think for the shows, for this is where it starts becoming very meh and kind of like not, I wouldn't say forgettable, but like not as great as they should be. But like there's always like, but it's kind of sad because like there's always like moments to sprinkle of like good character development. Uh-huh. Like the one, the fact that they are focus on the fact that Clint himself is, you know, hard of hearing and having him, you know, use sign language and the fact that. You know th- that that scene where he, like he doesn't have his you know it's it's not working, he can't hear well, and he uh, you know Kate's like writing out what the kids are saying, and it's like this moment of like, you know, hum- like just it just reminds you, like oh yeah Hawkeye's a dad he's a person, here's someone who he cares about, mm-hmm. and it's like something like you don't tend to see or you know it's like it kind of takes away the facade of like. Of him being just like you know a badass, yeah. Like no, he's, he's got a family. He's got to care about like so something that you know isn't dwelled in as much as you would hope would be. That wasn't just like you know the opening to Avengers Endgame or whatever, and like in in, in Age of Ultron kind of stuff. It's like oh yeah, this is why I'm fighting for it. There's my family. I'm here to keep them safe. And then you know the stuff that happens in Endgame, like I lost my family. Like what what's the point? Mm-hmm. So this this one really makes him show like I feel how much he cares about his family. Well, like you said, also establishing like a bunch of other characters because we're getting Echo, uh, we're bringing back Daredevil. We're also Yelena's doing her things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it, it felt more like a stopgap than anything else. Right. And after that, we got Moon Knight, which is a show I liked, but has been very um, I wouldn't say hated on, but it's more like it depends on where you stand. It could be bad. I just sort of assume that, from what I've heard, that most criticisms of the Moon Knight show were more on just um, how he's not as dark as he is in the comics. I've heard uh, it also involves uh, his stance on religion. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, again, those are ones that I've heard myself. Um 
or some that it's not doesn't do well as they did in the comics. But usually for me, it's always like they're doing something different. It's fine. It doesn't always have to be a straight adaptation from the comic. Right, and and to be fair, like for the most part, it's definitely out of all the Disney Plus shows, it's the one that's the most disconnected. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of its own thing, and I think because of that, it, it works pretty well, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of good in there. Ethan Hawke as a character was really fun, and, like, he is just very much cultish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Oscar Isaac, if you've never seen Oscar Isaac act good in his life, this is one of the ones he's going to be doing good. That implies that Oscar Isaac acts bad in most of his roles. Well, he's, he's, he's often in some roles that aren't that great. Listen, he, he made up for Apocalypse. I'll just say that. Okay. And Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. Then again, he was in Dune, so that should tell you how good he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's like one of the better ones. I really like the exploration of those of Mark as a character and how they, you know... Said things different. Obviously, it's getting a second season because the way you ended that, how the hell do you not get a second season? And obviously, we got Miss Marvel. Uh, oh, do you have anything to say about Moon Knight? No, I think I, I know I agree. I, I liked it a lot. You know, I, I think, and hopefully, it's a second season of. I will be interesting to see how it handles, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would like to see. I would say it also has, it's probably one of the better visually stunning ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Miss Marvel, I think we talked about that how it's kind of disappointing, even though it started off so well. Because mm-hmm. like it, it felt like the one that was the most rushed. It did. It really did. Because it does. Uh, you feel like like there, there's like it definitely feels like there's there was more to it. But then they wrap up one storyline super fast, and I expected. And then the second, like the actual, like it felt like stuff needed was like needed to be like switched around. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's obviously if you go watch our, our uh, you know our our episodes about uh, Miss Marvel to learn more in depth about you know how we sort of found as the show was going along. But there are definitely some moments where like okay, this needed to be switched around. Like, yeah, this no. makes it you know yeah. Even now, I'm like, it just didn't work as much as they wanted to. But the thing I, I will always praise it for is its representation. They did a really good job. I, that first episode was really good on representing the, the Muslim culture. The second episode really, like, strengthened that. And then, like, as soon as we started going more into the superhero stuff, I was like, no, 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 pull it back. Because the thing about that made Kamala really great was not only was she a superhero, but she was a, superhero, a person of color. You get to really understand this culture because it was at a time where you didn't see it that much, and I feel like that's what you should have like went with, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess it's I guess technically I am Groot is one, but we already talked about that. It's fun, whatever. Go check it out. Um, do we talk about any of the specials? You know, Werewolf by Night? Nah, not really. I wouldn't say so because Werewolf by Night and the uh, the holiday special. Like, they're neat, mm-hmm. but the, I don't think they're necessary in terms of, like, mm-hmm. of, of the consequences in the MCU. Funny enough, I saw someone complain about the werewolf outfit. Because it wasn't, like, you know, updated like anything else. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like Wolfman, Wolfman. It's practical. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we talked about it in our Wolf by Night, I think. Uh, it's, a good, yeah. it's a good werewolf design. Yeah, it was more like oh, they went with the you know. There's different way. There's different interpretations of a of a werewolf, all right. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, some people like it some way, some people don't. You, you can't you know you can't please them. Yeah, they can't please them. Yeah. Uh, um, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, uh, you know, after Miss Marvel, we had uh, She Hulk, which I really enjoyed. I, I liked it too. Um, I can under it definitely has issues, mainly in terms of just uh, She Hulk CG. Yeah. Um, sometimes it looked pretty all right. Other times it's like, well, this just, you need some more time in the cooker for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean, obviously the, some other people have uh, different issues with the show. Uh, for me, it was just like, you're give, you're telling me good stuff, but it's being said or written in a way that's like, 
doesn't land on it the way it should. Mm-hmm. Right? It's that first episode thing we talked about, how the first episode had this moment that people were like, you know, her yelling at Bruce, but it's like, no. So she has a point, though, if you pay attention to like a lot of stuff that's happening in early in the episode, that's why she's upset. That's why she's saying that, and that's why also you, how women are treated when someone is upset or angry. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, I've, it's probably one of the more comic accurate representations of She-Hulk, too. Right. Also, that last episode was really fun. Um, and what I think that I also like about it is like it's very disconnected as well. It's more of like her She-Hulk doing her own thing, and that's it. That's about it. There's, she's not having this big spectacle of a fight. She's not doing anything like super heroic. She's just being herself. Right. And that's really what I liked about it. And I don't know about you. No, I mean, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, like, I think the creators themselves said it themselves, like, we're going to, like, we don't know that much about super, like, actual, like, lawyering stuff. So we're just going to do our best just to make it as simple as to understand and just more focus more on the comedy aspect, which is like, hey, props to them. They know that. And realistically, we can't write good, like, Law & Order episodes. No. So we're just going to take a more uh, comedic approach to it and handle more of the comedy aspect of She-Hulk. What, the episode with Megan Thee Stallion, that, that was probably was my favorite one. Mm-hmm. That one and the, the the one where they're in the hut talking. Yeah. Those are my favorite episodes because the, the comedy there is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Because, like, I, I could just... Uh, the the like there's there was no reason to bring in Megan Thee Stallion just for the fact that you name dropped her, but the fact she's there just makes it funnier. Yeah, yeah. and just the way it ends, it's like they, they made this show knowing you know full what what they were doing. Mm. It, it was a very fun show, um, and I think that's about it because that's the last show of Phase Four. Um, I guess now for the last few minutes we can talk about our general thoughts on it. Um, overall thoughts on on Phase Four. I'll let you start off. Um, yeah, overall, uh, Phase Four was was uh, you know I think it was a solid you know you know showing for Marvel. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some highs, there were some lows. Over yeah, and I think part of it is just sort of like it's hard to follow up in game, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I feel like most people sort of understood that. Like, once we saw, like, the slate of the Phase 4 movies, I think most people, and, like, movies and shows, like, most people, I, I, at least I hoped, would understand, like, okay. Because um, I think most people wanted, like, the next big thing and stuff. Especially since, you know, we had Iron Man basically is gone. Cap is basically gone. You know, Black Widow is gone. Like, we, we there's not a whole lot of... Uh, stuff for our established characters beforehand, you know, like phase four is, uh, it's one, like showing off some of the newer heroes and basically the next generation mm. sort of, as well as just sort of like, 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 you know, end game sort of cleared the table, Sorry. you know, and mm. now, uh, phase four has to set up the new table for, mm. you know, this new saga, the multiverse saga. And, uh, for the most part, I thought, you know, again, it's fine. It had some highs, had some lows. Uh, but I think I knew going into Phase 4 that whatever was going to happen here wasn't going to be necessarily, like, as big as Endgame. Like, it can't be, because Endgame was the buildup of, like, 10 years of Marvel movies. And, you know, having that all sort of coalesce and, like, having all of these storylines or whatever pay off and that kind of thing. So phase four is essentially just a newer phase one, but without much, well, and having to like re like bring new characters and hope that these new characters can resonate with your audience. Mm. And for some they do. And probably for some people they're like, I don't really care much for these characters, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think for me, when it comes to phase four, I think this is the way I would, you know, describe it. It's the child test period. Mm hmm. You know, like, they're trying out these new ideas. They're, tr- they're testing out how well this would work. It's more... Because, like, earlier, you know, 
with like say phase one it's more like we are hoping to god this works mm-hmm. you know the famous story of like we got we're trying to convince people that iron man is not a robot <laughs> and that kind of stuff and you know then you have you know incredible hulk which was like i liked but a lot of people were like eh yeah and then you have iron man 2 which is uh like the first thor and the first captain america movie were just well the first thor movie was okay i really like captain america one Mm-hmm. And then you get to the Avengers, which was because like there was nothing really. If you look at those first phase, the phase one movies, most of them there's only like really two standout ones, which was the Avengers and Iron Man, right? The rest were just kind of okay, mm-hmm. and but but those two like stood out, right? That then that, that's kind of I feel like it is right now. Like you have one or two standouts right now, and then once you understood you're doing, you went the ball rolling, and then that's how you get into what we have with phase three. End game and fitting to work kind of stuff. Yeah, I think this is really more of the trial and test period. It's like we're trying these characters out, we're putting our trust into some of our directors, we're trying to see how well this is gonna turn out, mm-hmm. and we'll from there we'll see what we can fix, what we need to, you know change up, and what we can do to make it better. Right? I feel like that's what it is. Them, and I'm also saying it as what I hope it is, because. I don't know if you noticed, but, like, Eternals, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, you know, Thor Love and Thunder, those are more on the director side than anything else, right? Hmm. Like, those didn't feel more like the generic Marvel movies. Those were felt like they were trying to do something different. Eternals felt different from any of the previous Marvel movies that, had, that came out. Doctor Strange, you had a veteran director with his own style coming in you know some people didn't like the way he's some of his style of directing but it's sam raimi that's the sam raimi sam raimi gonna do sam raimi Mm -hmm. and then you have you know was um thor love and thunder which depending on where you stand yeah yeah, taika taika day what taika do Mm -hmm. and that sometimes turned out pretty well and that sometimes turned out pretty wrong and Wakanda Forever, that was mostly Kugler's, you know, writing out to, you know, his the memory of his friend who passed away. And that turned out to be one of the best movies ever. Not only the best movies ever, but like one of the better Marvel movies out there. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like this is more of like, we're letting our directors do what they, you know, they should be doing. You know, not saying their hands off, because I feel like this, you know, as a producer... Or people in charge, you kind of sometimes you need to put your hands in there, you know, make sure everything goes the way it should. Yeah, I would say that. Uh, I think I I, I, I get what you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does make sense because yeah, I feel like that is sort of something that happens sometimes with at least with a lot of big budget movies now, yeah, especially with the Marvel movies where like they get people who don't necessarily uh, haven't made a lot of movies or rather just haven't folk haven't done any of these big budget movies and they sort mm-hmm. of like go and like have them do certain things while the marvel team has like a b a team of like camera operators and stuff like that to film like say action scenes i remember that was a thing for black widow where i think it, it had like a, a different director at one point but she dropped out because uh she didn't like how she couldn't just uh she wanted to direct all the stuff including the action sequence even though i think marvel was like no, the, let us handle the action. You handle the rest of the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so... You know, uh, yeah, I do think that... You know, I don't think you're wrong. I think uh, some of these later Marvel movies for Phase 4 do seem more uh, products of, like, having... They have a bit more of their, you know, their director's t- touch into them mm. than you could say of, a, of other movies that were... Maybe it's like, okay... Uh, maybe we're getting maybe the director's just getting orders from like say Kevin Feige or whatever you know yeah well, you gotta include this this and this and that and but this one but like these ones felt different and what most people well and they're not big differences too because mm-hmm. people are like oh no they feel like Marvel movies like no 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 I, there's a, there's something different there's a touch of personality of creativity in there something from the directors right especially with Eternals because if you're reading Eternals comic it is not like the, what they did in the movies. It's definitely like the, the way they did in the movies. Yeah. Even though I feel like they, they get the same level of representation. Uh, but yeah, no, I think um, if 
I think for gen- if you're not into it, I think it's gonna be all the same, maybe. But I think this is this is them trying to do something different, right? In the same way as like DC is kind of like trying to do something different, though I don't know at this point because of the way it's HBO is. I mean, uh, Warner Bros is going. I have no idea where, what's going to be happening to to the DC universe. But most of the ones that that the good ones are tend to be different. Some of them good, some of them not so good. Yeah, like. Suicide Squad was the Suicide Squad was different from the last one. That was a fun. That was a great movie. And then you get into like Peacemaker, which was made to be a show, and how see how well that worked. But yeah, uh, anything else you want to add? No, I think uh, I think that's all. You yeah. Know? No, no, yeah, 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 I agree. Uh, um, yeah, no, guys, thanks for checking us out. <clears throat> if you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to follow us on all social medias: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At the Kiss Interiors, we're more specifically on Instagram. We'll find a link to all the podcasts that we're officially part of, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. And yeah, uh, we also have a link to the YouTube where you'll find a, you know, find us there with our YouTube channel. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell icon, you know, all the good stuff that YouTube does makes us do. And we have a Patreon if you want to support it there. It's there for you. And yeah, that's uh, our thoughts on Phase 4. It's... I think you're right. I think it's an overall meh kind of a show. I mean, showing. But I guess, but like I said, hopefully they take the what they did wrong, tune it up a bit, and you know, try to make something better. You know, there's always room for improvements. I mean, yeah, that's sort of all you can ask for is that, uh, um, you know, Marvel looks at whatever criticisms have been had for Phase Four and like you know improve and stuff. I mean. Considering the reception to say Eternals, I don't think we're going to get an Eternals 2, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I probably would see them like continuing those plot lines in a different movie. And who knows? Uh, but yeah, you know, overall, Phase 4, it was alright. It was alright. Nothing nothing to cry home about. <laughs> Unless you saw Wakanda Forever. Right, yeah, I guess. Anyways, guys, me, your boy, Eli. Give me, Joe. You guys have a good one. Peace.